How are you now? How are you now? It's been a minute, hasn't it? Only a few minutes. How was everybody's Christmas? I hope you got everything that you asked for from Santa. I hope that uh, you got to sit down with your friends and family and eat some nice turkey or whatever it is that you like to eat during the holiday season. Um, Hello and welcome to episode, I don't even remember what episode it is anymore, episode 35? No, it's episode 34 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am pissed off tonight, folks. Um, we're going to get to it. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched the game. As you all know, I've been trying to avoid giving away too much in the early goings of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to kind of wait until the end. Uh, I'm going to let you guys experience it with me in case you happen to have not watched the game. Um, there's a lot to get to here. Montreal Canadiens taking on the Carolina Hurricanes coming out of their holiday break. And, you know, it is a team that they are probably expected to lose to more often than not. But a lot of those teams that they're supposed to lose to, they, they somehow find a way to make those games competitive and sometimes even come out with, uh, with a win. So, uh, listen, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to everything that happened. Uh, but first, we do have a sponsor to talk about. And you know the only people that don't get any time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. So with NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, and the World Juniors too, by the way, uh, Bet Online is not taking a second off to make sure that you have all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. So head there today to get in on the action, and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts, and the Montreal Canadiens, they didn't start their game against the Carolina Hurricanes. It started without them, you could say. Um, It really didn't go well in the first period. Um, Barely over a minute into the game, uh, we get an entry for Carolina. Coming into the offensive zone, Brent Burns gets a point shot. It gets tipped on the way by Andrei Svechnikov, and it goes all the way through everybody, including Caden Primo in the net, and it's 1-0 for the Hurricanes. Now the Habs, they get the first power play of the game just before the midway point of the period. What do they do? Zero fucking shots. Not one. Not one. And to make matters worse, they only have two total shots on goal by the 10-minute mark, and they were both taken at 5-on-5 before they got their power play. So really not a good start for the Habs. And then with seven minutes, around 7-20 and to play, In the period, the Habs are running around in their zone a little bit. Another Brent Burns point shot. This time it gets blocked in front, but Jesper Fass is there to put it past Caden Primo and make it 2-0 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Looking like this could be a runaway, but wait. But wait. Not long after that, we get a nice zone exit by Jaden Struble. He tries to make a pass across the ice and it doesn't work too well. It's going to go for an icing, but Jesse Elanen comes screaming through into the offensive zone and beats out that icing call, throws it out to the point. The shot coming from the point hits Michael Pizzetta, but Mitchell Stevens gets on that block rebound, throws a backhander, top ched. It's two to one. The Habs have a little bit of life. That life doesn't last very long though. We get another zone entry for the Canes. For some reason, off the zone entries, they were just really effective in this game. Um, Jesper Fast throws it down to Jack Drury in front, and he crashes in there and puts it in. But hang on a second. It's 3-1, but Martin Saint-Louis challenges for goaltender interference, and it's a good challenge. Drury, when he came in, um, 
goes into the crease all on his own, doesn't get pushed in by anybody, and clashes skates with Caden Primo and pre prevents him from really being able to put his pad on the ice properly and make a save. So they make the right call. They call that goal back, and the Montreal Canadiens have an opportunity here to maybe get this game tied up. They need to start doing something with it. Now, we get a little bit later in the period. Cole Caulfield gets tripped by Andrei Svechnikov, and the Habs have a little bit of time left in the period to make something happen. Now, they had a very terrible first power play. Not expecting a whole heck of a lot out of the second one, but what happens? Well, they get a great zone entry, this time not going with the stupid neutral zone drop pass that has been bothering a lot of the fan base. Uh, great zone entry. Sean Monaghan coming on the left side, throws it back in towards the middle to Mike Mathis, and he manages to take that puck coming from behind him off his inside skate, back to his stick on the other side, cuts around the net and just tucks it on the wraparound. Beautiful goal by Mike Matheson the second time this year where he scored a goal that nobody would shut up about it for fucking months if it was Bedard or if it was McDavid that scored that goal or if it was Matthews that scored that goal it would be on every highlight pack for the next six months you'd be looking at that goal it was beautiful and he ties the game at two with three seconds left on the clock in the first period um, really bad start to that period really good finish and then I found out an in intermission I didn't know this going into the game at all uh, because I wasn't I wasn't watching NHL last night um, the, the Canes played in Nashville the night before so I thought they were kind of starting to look a little bit tired towards the end of the first period and I was like hmm, maybe they didn't keep themselves in shape over the holidays the reality is I think they were maybe just tired because they played last night but I've said this many times I don't give anybody that excuse when you're a professional athlete you should fucking be able to play two games in two nights especially when the travel is not that long in between the two places i would understand if it was la all the way to montreal or la all the way to toronto or something like that right or for example florida all the way to seattle you're going all the way across the continent eh, i might be able to give you a little bit of a break i'm not giving you a break for going from tennessee to uh north carolina i'm sorry uh so the habs also can't give them a break they need to have a good second period and they kind of do but they kind of don't at the same time um the 212 four check that the carolina hurricanes were employing in the first period seemed to be evaporating a little bit uh in the second and it was unfortunately still there for most of the second period at least in in spurts and, uh, you know, they get the 2-1-2 forecheck going a little bit. It bamboozles Caden Gooley and Justin Barron. They get the turnover. Jesper Fass is the high forward. Puck comes out to him, and he puts it in the net, and now it's 3-2 to two for the Canes. Um, look, as that period went on, that 2-1-2 started to evaporate more and more, and I was feeling like, you know, they, they're going to have a shot at this in the third. They're, at the very least, they're going to have a shot. Are they going to win this game? I don't know, but they're going to have a shot at it. Now, early in the third period, Josh Anderson in the defensive zone makes a great block on a point shot and when he blocks a point shot you know and it lands right in front of him like that you know he's beating the defender to the puck and he's going to take it all the way down the ice and he does and he goes backhand with it and it just trickles over the line past anti-ranta and makes it 3-3 the habs tie it up but then they get two consecutive power plays later on in the period both of them sucked big problem because you know you you seem to have maybe figured it out at the end of the first period with that good zone entry and then a good play by mike matheson and clearly it was just a, a flash in the pan because they, they kind of blew those. And then you know, you know, you're, you're not going to be getting calls for the remainder of the game. Now keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Anybody who watched the game, uh, you're, you know why I'm saying that. Uh, and then with around six minutes to play, they have a defensive zone draw. And uh, it's a set play for the Canes. 
Uh, Pesci throws it over to Svechnikov. Justin Barron tries to block the shot. It's an absolutely terrible shot block attempt. Leaves his legs wide open like he's opening up a five hole for them to shoot through. Caden uh, Primo probably should have stopped that shot by Svechnikov, but he didn't. And it's four to three. And then we get to the point that has really pissed me off about this game. Late in the game, Habs are trying to get the equalizer again. You know, they've been fighting back into this game from behind for most of it. And uh, Stefan Nosen in the offensive zone, or in the defensive zone for the Canes anyways. Yuraslavkovsky has the puck along the half wall. He's trying to make a pass back, I think, to the point. And, uh, you know, he has his head up. Um, it was a problem for him last year. We had his head down too often. This is not something that you could say about Yuraslavkovsky on that play. He had his head up. He was looking in the right direction, and Stefan Nozin just decides to plant him right in the chin with his shoulder. Um, gutless hit. It's a headshot. Refs call fucking nothing, which is insane because they called Jaden Struble earlier in the game for an interference penalty where literally it was just a puck battle. So that was a penalty, but you don't have a problem with a shoulder to the chin, directly to the chin of a player who was in somewhat of a defenseless position and uh, there's no need to throw that hit no need to throw that hit at all the puck was already gone um it, it wasn't too late to the point where I, like i didn't necessarily have a problem with the lateness of the hit i have a problem with the head contact and uh, i have a huge problem with the fact that the officials made a lot of ticky tack calls in that game on both sides against the canes and against the montreal canadians but they can't make a call in that situation you have to be fucking kidding me and then later on what do they do well they call uh it was a hook they call a hook against the montreal canadians against yoel armia but pretty interesting that uh you know a hit to the head doesn't get called but that hook gets called they also call the slash on cole caulfield you know it was a slash but pretty interesting that a slash gets called and that hit to the fucking head didn't get called maybe what cole caulfield should have done is come off his feet and put his shoulder into the guy's head and he wouldn't have been sitting in the box for two minutes anyways who gives a shit andre svechnikov ends up with a hat trick uh, into the empty net fuck that game uh, it's a final of 5-3 to three for the Carolina Hurricanes. And the only thing I can think of, literally my only take that I think is important coming out at the end of that game, is how do you not uh, send Justin Barron down to the Laval Rocket and bring up Arbor Jacki for the remainder of the season and say, we're not dealing with this anymore because nobody did anything after that slap hit. Nobody went after Nozen and fought him. And that really grinds my gears. That was a headshot. Um, I'm pissed off at the refs. We'll get to them. But I'm also pissed off at the Montreal Canadiens players on the ice that didn't go over there and beat the shit out of that guy. Um, I, I know you're, I, I get it. It's, you know, you're, you're down a goal and you're trying to come back and you don't want to take the instigator penalty. Refs have been kind of using that a little bit this season. But in that situation, in this season where we're rebuilding and this is a player that's been very important to this team, he missed the remainder of the game after that hit. Uh, the NHL spotters pulled him out for a potential concussion. So we'll see if he actually has one. But it, in in this season, you you don't really care about wins and losses. Somebody needs to go over there and fill that guy's teeth in. Somebody needs to go over there and feed him his own teeth. I don't give a shit. If they lost this game, uh, I don't give a shit. I, they did lose this game, and I don't give a shit. I, I don't care if that penalty co directly precipitates the loss. You, you can't sit there and just allow this guy to hit your 19-year-old first overall pick in the head like that. Uh, so it bothered me that the team didn't do anything. But I will say it bothered me more that the officials didn't do anything. Again, they called plenty of ticky-tack bullshit on both sides of the puck in that game. 
but a shoulder directly to the chin is not a fucking penalty. You have to be kidding me. This league needs to start actually protecting players. Right now, the way that they handle discipline, it's kind of wishy-washy, you know, yeah, we do when we do and we don't when we don't. And nobody, nobody, like name me one person who could actually sit down and look at a highlight and tell you what will happen. I could I could give you a couple guesses. I could guess, personally, what I think should happen is Stefan Nosen should be suspended for at least a game, maybe two. I don't know what his history is, and I'm, I'm too honestly pissed off to even go and look it up right now. I'm going to assume he has no history, and even with no history, I would say it's a game or two. What I'm guessing will happen is that maybe he gets fined 5K, which is the maximum allowable under the CBA and is a fucking joke. Because it's like finding me 500, well, maybe it's more like finding me 50 bucks. I don't give a shit about 50 bucks. I'll throw 50 bucks if it allows me to do something that I feel like doing. Like, (laughs) the league has to start doing something to protect players. And the easiest way to do that, the easiest, unless you change the CBA and you increase the fines, which of course is going to be a problem with the NHLPA, is to start using suspensions more. Because the suspensions cost them a lot more money than, than five grand. You suspend a guy for three games, it's more money than five grand that he's losing. So he's going to probably think about it next time when he goes into a guy who's kind of bent over because he's making a pass and plant him in the chin with his shoulder. He's going to think about it twice. Yeah, because that's going to hurt his wallet a little bit more than the fucking five grand that you're going to send him. And I don't even know, man. Like, again, my, my guess is that maybe they'll find him five grand, but it's entirely possible that they give him absolutely nothing, just like the refs on the ice did, and send a message that, guess what? A hit like that is perfectly fine. And it's not. It's bullshit. And uh, I think Nosen knew it. I, I saw a look on his face that they showed it on the RDS broadcast where they kind of zoomed the camera in on him for a second. And there was a look on his face. Like, he knew he just did some gutty shit. He knew it. And, you know, the rest just let him get away with it. And then they called two, you know, they were penalties. Again, a hook and a slash. They were both penalties on Caulfield and Armia. Um, And I can't really argue that those were penalties. But the only thing that really grinds my gears about those penalties is that you ignored the headshot right before it. You know, if somebody else got hurt in the remainder of that game, because the Habs were clearly frustrated after that. They were shook up and they were pissed off with good reason if anybody else got hurt that would have been squarely on the officials so um you know pardon my language folks i know i've been swearing already a little bit too much probably in this episode but fuck those refs fuck that game fuck the carolina hurricanes fuck their fans for chanting ref you suck after watching the refs let one of their players get away with braining one of the habs top line players like uh, you you guys are are a bunch of dorks. Uh, I'm not gonna say a bunch of jerks like John Sherry, uh, Don Sherry, not John Sherry. Uh, bunch of dorks, and you don't know anything about hockey. So stop chanting bullshit in your fucking arena after you watch one of your guys brain one of the Habs players, and you're complaining that the refs are somehow against you. What are you talking about? Um, that's enough out of me. I managed to turn this into another ref rant. Uh, but what are you gonna do? You watch a game like that. You know the Habs were the better team. Honestly, uh, certainly not in the early goings in the, the, the first half of the first period. They were definitely not the better team. Um, but through the second into the third, they became the better team a little bit. Uh, they kind of let it slip away after the Slavkovsky hit and those two missed uh, power play opportunities in the third. So that was a bit of a bummer. But look, it, it wasn't all that bad of a game. Again, I'm not giving the Canes any credit for the fact that they played the night before. I think... Um, 
if you're a professional athlete, you should be capable of playing two games in two nights. Uh, you know you signed up for it, uh, and you should be training to make yourself capable of doing it. Um, look, I, I thought this was a better effort from the Habs overall in that game than I was expecting, knowing that the Canes are a, a much better team on paper. So uh, you could take that as one silver lining, but I'm going to give you a, more sil- few, a few more silver linings before I end this podcast. So um, number one, uh, my top silver lining of the night, I think, is Josh Anderson. And uh, you can say what you will about how he started this season, but he's on a pace right now. Somebody pointed this out in the EOTP comments, where if he maintains it, he has a, a, a reasonable shot, an outside shot, we'll call it, at doing a, a 50 and 50. Like at, he could potentially score 50 goals in 50 games. And it's not a real 50 and 50. Let's face it, 50 and 50 means that you start the season and within the first 50 games, you score 50 goals. That's what it is. Leafs fans, I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> But if if a midseason 50 and 50 was a real thing, Josh Anderson actually has kind of an outside shot at it. Um, I don't think he'll do it. Uh, but this is all to say that his current pace with goal scoring over the last five, six games has been torrid. It's, it's been amazing. And this is a silver lining for the Habs because this is a contract that they almost certainly want to move on from. Last year, they were allegedly offered a first round pick plus for Josh Anderson. I don't think offers like that are on the table anymore. Um, I don't think anybody thinks that offers like that are on the table anymore. However, he keeps this pace up all the way to the deadline or any semblance of this pace all the way to the deadline. Do you not think there's going to be NHL GMs that are going to be making offers anyways? I, I mean, I've said this before and I'll say it again. He has the profile of a player that gets NHL GMs out of bed. He's over six foot, check. Over 200 pounds, check. Skates like the wind, check. Shoots the puck real hard, check. I mean, a lot of these GMs don't look at the underlying numbers and stuff. His underlying numbers aren't good. If 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 every GM in the league looked at the underlying numbers with a lot of detail, they would probably say, I'm not interested in Josh Anderson in the slightest. But we know they don't. So we know what they are going to look at is the overall production. And now that his production is starting to come back, I think there there could be offers for him and there could be some sexy offers for the Montreal Canadiens because, again, this is a contract they probably want to get out from under. It's going to give them a little bit more flexibility moving forward with the cap and they could stack a couple of picks or a prospect, maybe one pick, one prospect. I don't know. Um, it, nothing against Josh Anderson. I just do not think that he fits the timeline of the rebuild. I think by the time that they're actually ready to compete, I think he's going to be a little bit too old to do what he does right now. Uh, however, I think he's a player that probably fits the timeline of a team that wants to compete in the next uh, two years consecutively, like this year, next year, and maybe even the year after that. So um, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that this renaissance of production from Josh Anderson is going to be enough to get some of those offers coming back around. And um, until and unless those offers come around, it, it sure has been a treat watching him because uh, he, he is capable of some exciting plays. That was a beautiful goal in that game. I enjoyed it. And uh, he's playing good hockey right now. So even if they don't trade him, um, you know, it is a silver lining that he is back to playing some good hockey lately. Jesse Elinen also deserves uh, some flowers thrown his way. Um, really the whole fourth line, you could argue. Um, I thought they played a great game. Mitchell Stevens as well. Uh, but Elinen, honestly, that w- what's better than seeing a fourth liner leg out and icing like that and lead directly to a goal? I mean, that that was beautiful. Um, it's just great hustle. It's all the things that make a guy 
capable of playing in the NHL. You know, it's probably about time that he got an opportunity a little bit higher in the lineup. Unfortunately, the team's been playing pretty well with the configuration that they have, so it's kind of hard, I think, for them to find a, a space for him to move up. Um, but he's playing really good hockey, and uh, that, that was a good game from him. I enjoyed it. And uh, say the same thing I th- said for Josh Anderson, you know. It's it's not about necessarily increasing trade value or anything like that. It's just sometimes about... Um, having some entertainment value in the product that we're watching and uh, he provided that there so uh, my salutes to Jesse Elin and for that play that was fantastic um, Jaden Struble as well another silver lining um, I thought he played magnificently in that game at one point he um, drew a penalty against Michael Bunting Michael Bunting hooked him and then Bunting was mad about the call so he was trying to goad uh, Struble into taking a penalty as well to see if he could get him to come to the box with him and even it up and Struble just laughed in his face. And that takes composure, man. That takes composure well beyond Struble's years to be a rookie in the NHL and to have a guy come after you uh, after he hooks you and he takes a penalty and he tries to bait you into taking one yourself. And Jaden Struble must know, he's not stupid, he must know that he could end bunting in a second if they were to fight. But he's not going to do that. That's why he was laughing in his face. And I got to tell you guys, I absolutely love Jaden Struble. That's why at the start of the podcast there where I said, um, well, not at the start, but at the end of the recap, uh, (laughs) the start of my rant in the podcast, I said, how do you not send down Justin Barron and bring up uh, Arbor Jackye tomorrow? Um, Because there's no fucking way you're sending down Jaden Struble. No way. That guy's not going back to Laval. Matter of fact, I feel pretty comfortable saying, even if this guy doesn't stay with the Montreal Canadiens organization for any reason, he's not going back to the AHL period. That guy's not riding the bus anymore. That's an NHL player. He plays composed, man. When he gets the puck in his own zone, it's heads up. It's a perfect first pass every time. And then when there is no pass to make, but there might be a lane to skate through, he turns the jets on and he somehow gets through there with his big body. And uh, and then once he crosses the blue line, he makes a great pass. He jumps into the rush when he gets a chance as well. Everything that he's doing is, uh, you know, NHL defenseman caliber shit. And I am absolutely thrilled every time I get to watch this guy play. So I'm a huge fan. Honestly, might be my next jersey purchase, Jaden Struble. If he, if he signs a long-term contract with the Habs, immediately I will buy a Jaden Struble jersey because I am such a fan of the way this guy plays the game. Um, and I think that we should be excited about his future with the Habs. So um, I think I've gone on a little bit too long here. I gave you a few silver linings. As you all know, I am absolutely livid about that game, about that missed call. And uh, my article that's going to be going out tomorrow, or it's already out right now if you happen to be listening to this uh, on the 29th, uh, it's probably going to be about uh, Stefan Nosen de- deserving a, a suspension. So if you don't want to read that, don't read it. If you do want to read it, go and read it. And then you can go and comment on EOTP. And we can talk a little bit about why this dumbass should probably be suspended for a couple of games. And why the rest are complete idiots for not making that call. Um, Habs lose, but we don't really care about wins and losses. The last thought that I want to leave everybody with is that I hope and I pray that Uri Slavkovsky is okay that he doesn't have any kind of injury from this because he's been playing some really good hockey lately too and it would be a crying shame for it to get derailed by some moron from the Hurricanes throwing a dirty hit at him um, when they're leading by a goal 
in the middle of the regular season in a game that doesn't matter for the Habs. So prayers up for Uri Slavkowski. I hope he's all right. What are we running? Almost 25 minutes. So uh, I apologize to everybody who's used to shorter episodes. C'est une soirée inconnue pour les employés de soutien. Um, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.